<laughs> I love I love like, we're like record it's all happening and we don't know what we're doing no, what's our intro <laughs> gonna be hey I everybody mean, welcome back welcome to two game mats podcast yes, welcome to the two game mats podcast i love it all right do you want to start do you want me to start oh you start i'll start you don't seem to know what you're doing in this scenario <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first Two Gay Mats podcast. Oh, my God. What is this? I mean, we've been kicking around the idea of doing a podcast for about an eon now, and I think it's important that we do it. Give it a try. What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? I love the idea. I don't have to worry about looking good. I literally just rolled out of bed. I look like garbage. You do. Yeah, I'll (laughs) admit to that. That's fine. You look fine. Sure. You just have a little headband on. You wouldn't be wearing this on camera. No, I would not. No. I would not. And But I also love that we're going to be able to have more lengthy discussions about what's going on in the world, hopefully weekly. And, um, you know, it, YouTube is such a place where everything has to be so perfectly edited and finely tuned. And here we can just express and feel like a little freer, a little looser. Like we're yeah. both like wasted right now. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Me who's never had a sip of alcohol in his life. Yep, just and, totally wasted. And me at 11, 10 a.m. Yeah. I, well, that I believe. Uh, um, I'm just drinking tea, thank you. (laughs) Well, it's just because our videos for YouTube have been growing longer and longer and longer because our discussions have been becoming more and more fun. Exactly. And And so I feel like with a podcast, it's more of a medium where we can openly discuss at length and in detail and we don't have to worry about editing, making it short and succinct. Right. So I appreciate that. I know. It's good for you because your succinct's not your strong. I know. I literally just repeated what you said (laughs) and... Yeah, but so. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Matt Steele, on this inaugural episode. Oh God, what do you want me to do? How How was your week? It <laughs> like, was fine. <laughs> My week was actively fine. I literally said, "Don't just say it was fine." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I'm going to ask you about how your week was. You need to discuss, express." <laughs> well, okay, so. As many of you may know, I'm a huge Big Brother fan. Mm. Um, and this season of Big Brother started like two and a half weeks ago, and it's been such a flop so far, and I'm really devastated by it. So this week has been hard, especially the beginning of this week in the Big Brother cycle. Um, my favorite person on the show, everyone's favorite. She's everyone's favorite. Nicole. Nicole. Um, she's a queen, and uh, she's in a lot of trouble this week. I'm if you're, Sorry, uh, sorry to hear spo- that. spoiler alert. Big Brother. Nicole's in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't follow the feeds. Um, But yeah. So this week's a little devastating. It's also sad because I guess... From what you were telling me, you were like, oh, I think it's going to be a good season because they're all racist. And the last racist season was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, season 15, everyone hated. I thought season 15 was a blast because everyone was a complete disaster. Yeah, they were all racist. (laughs) They they were not all of them, only like three of them. Okay, But it was a big headline and it was really dramatic. But this... um, it's just kind of gross. Mm. It's really terrible. It's not even like fun to watch. No, because like season 15, the reason why it was so fun is like there were some people who were horrible to watch, but they caused a lot of fights. Mm. And so we love the drama. But hey. but this, um, every, like, not everyone, but like it, it, it's just bad, but there's no drama. Like no one's yelling <laughs> at each other. So it's like, well, if y'all are going to be trash, at least yell at each right. other. No, that sucks. And that's the thing is like I have um, one of my in a future segment that we'll announce later on. I will be speaking about some drama on television that I very much enjoyed. And it's like seeing people fight 
and really, really fight on television. It's just great. And, like, we all can oh, yeah. think it's trashy to like that. But, like, hello, we're humans. I enjoy it. Yeah, what it's can like, I tell even you? if the people are terrible, like, you enjoy watching them. Especially because if they're terrible, they get what they deserve in the right. end. That's why season 15 to me was satisfying because it's like, ooh, they got what they deserve. I know. Like, when um, Aaron <laughs> came out and talked to Julie Chen. Ooh, that interview was scathing. And I mean, it's just like, oh, what God. What do? That's television. Oh, well, my week has also been pretty fine, pretty good. It's been, like, long. I feel like any sort of week after a holiday week is like, oh, work days. Give me a break. Like, I deserve to have three-day weekend, four-day weekends every weekend. And that wasn't the case this week for me. So I'm so tough. sorry. Fourth of July can't be every weekend. I really want it to be every weekend. Why not? Why not, America? I know. Wake- so disappointing lately, it's America. so bad. I mean... It truly is. But, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, a lot of my things are going to come up later, but I must say, just off the bat, I beat Super Mario World on the SNES Classic last week, late last week, and I'm telling you, I've been flying high ever since <laughs> because it brings up memories of childhood. It's not an easy game still, so even when you return to it, it's still hard, and so beating Bowser was a moment. And um, Matt Steele can attest that I was very engaged in the game when Guys. I was... <laughs> For, it. for someone who hates silly, like I'm the silly one here out of the two gay mats yes. franchise. <laughs> I am the silly one. I'm the one who should be screaming at the TV, jumping up and down, making up words like, oh, Harmy Barbie Jarby. I like, didn't say that. He did. Go to my Twitter and you will find <laughs> word examples that he created literally like with a straight face was Look, saying these words. Let me explain. When I was a young person, I was very much a square, which I'm not now. I'm super cool. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a young person and I can't say bad words, but I get really ex- upset and, uh, you know, aggressive during these video games. And so I'd have to make up my own bad words. And maybe I fell back into that replaying Mario, but whatever. That's kind of adorable. Thank you. I am adorable. It makes you somewhat likable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been likable, bitch. <laughs> Thank wow. you, though. Um, so basically, long story short, I'm buying a Switch. I just am buying a Nintendo Switch. I'm going to wait until Prime Day on Sunday, or is it Monday and Tuesday, I think? See if Amazon has any deals. If not, I'm running to Best Buy. I'm buying the Switch. I'm buying Super Mario Odyssey, uh, Super Mario Kart, and also Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm nervous because the time I've played the Switch... It seemed hard. Like, there's so many controls now. You have to, like, control the camera and stuff. And I'm like, I, am I just old? Or, like, is this really difficult? What's the difference between a Switch and anything else? They're oh, all the God, same God, I thing. can't bring that. Like, okay, please don't. The, as Super <laughs> Nintendo came out in 1992. And the okay. Switch came out in, like, three three years ago. Two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so, thought Switch was, like, another, like, throwback. No, thing. no, no. Switch is current. Switch okay. Is current, so... Okay, well, that's all I care to hear. All right. (laughs) You also can, like, play the Switch on your TV, and then you can also pick it up and play it as a mobile device. Oh. That's pretty cool. Sure. All right. If you're into that sort of thing. His face just went so dead, I can't even continue (laughs) looking at it. Um, So I guess we'll just start into our first segment, which has been, I must give a shout out to the iconic Janie Stoller, Janie Fierce, who I'm sure you'll hear on this podcast pretty soon. (laughs) Yes. Um, Once I figure out how to get a third mic working. Um... This is from our uh, old uh, podcast entitled TBQH. We have two iconic episodes available online somewhere. Um, but we had our news, our hot topic segment, and we just called it News for Idiots. Because, and uh, just so we're all clear, that is out of love. We are also including ourselves in the idiots category. Just because, like, instead of watching the, you know, MSNBC's The World and getting sad and, you know, feeling dreadful about the rest of the world and how Donald Trump is the worst person on the planet, we can focus on important things like... 
Big Little Lies season two and what happened there. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So in preparation for the, this podcast, I told Matt Steele, you've got to catch up to Big Little Lies. What Meryl Streep is doing on the show is insane. <laughs> and the show in general is insane. And like, as, uh, he's not a TV person, but I feel like we are in the golden age of television. Yes. And you're very into um, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Which, uh, you know, I just feel is torture porn. And so I can't get on board. <laughs> so, Handmaid's, so well, I haven't started season three of Handmaid's Tale yet because I, be I was good? in Europe. And people are saying it's fine. I, okay. I, th- I don't I really don't know people like shat on season two and I loved season two I thought season two was great I couldn't even finish season one because it's like I have a life to live like I have to go outside and smile and see the sun like I want I to die it. it's I lo- so depressing like, people are always like Matt Steele you're so happy and chipper it's like no I love dark depressing oh, girl not me <laughs> like, remember when I made you watch Dancer in the Dark uh, I yeah I did <laughs> I'm still reeling from that it's like in college someone made me watch um Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a very college movie. Give to it watch. to me. And it's like it's a very college it's movie. It's just to watch. like oh, I'm deep in college. That's what oh, Requiem NYU for a Dream. Tish. We experienced that. We it was a rough time. It was hard for us, but we made it through. Made it through the rain and um. So I just thought Big Little Lies would be a good thing to add to your repertoire. And yes. Are and you caught up? Where are you? I, I caught up last wow. night. Yeah. Okay. So I saw the pilot episode of Big Little Lies with my friends. Uh, when it first came out in 2017. Mm. Um, and I'm not a big TV person just because I think it's such a hassle to have to continuously watch and watch and watch. I and do think it's I, I, I the- love a movie because you sit and you watch and it's done. <laughs> I do love um, that the two shows that you've now watched were both like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is a mini series, right? And like, this yes. is one season. It's yep. like, nope. <laughs> I got tricked into watching Handmaid's Tale because I thought it was going to be a mini series. Right. And then I was like, oh, wait. It's the end and nothing happened. Um, so, so yeah. So, I was like, damn, now I have to watch season two because I found out it was a, a real TV show. And Big Little Lies was supposed to be a miniseries. Because right. there's um, only one book that ends at the end of the first season, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and the thing with season two is you can tell that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I alone in that? I like season two. I mean, okay, season two is, like, fine and entertaining and everything. But, like, there are problems that are evident. Mm. Um, which is also why I prefer movies to TV shows because it's just like with movies, it's like it's either good or bad. A TV show, it's just like no seasons one and two are amazing, but oh no, season three there was a downfall. And the only thing I have the patience for with that are I've Degrassi, which definitely ebbed and flowed mm. in waves of greatness and badness, but you stuck with it um, until Did the en- until the end when you just didn't stick with it. <laughs> until like it became, went on Netflix and it's like absolutely not, I'm not doing this. Wow. Um, and Big Brother, which definitely ebbs and flows in goodness and badness. But also, I feel like those shows in particular are like huge time sucks. Like maybe your vision of t- yes. like these are like 17 season. Like Big Brother is three hours a week. Like this is yes, an and also you, if, like you follow on the feeds with Big yeah, Brother. it's yeah. like a lifestyle. See, I I do since Big Brother is the only show I religiously watch. Um, um, it's it's it is such an investment. So I feel like every other TV show is just like that, and I need to tell myself, no, that's not. It's the case. really not. But yeah, so I watched the pilot of Big Little Lies a couple years ago when it first came out, and I was like, oh, this is excellent. Maybe I will watch some more. And then of course I did not. <laughs> um, but so since Matt Palmer's been getting into Big Little Lies, and he's like, we need to talk about it on our podcast. I was like, okay, I'll watch. Season one and then season two. Season one is just seven episodes, which is right. really great. Season two, seven um, as well. Yeah, and I so I, I caught up on season two yesterday. So it was a lot. It's my week has also to answer how my week has been. My week has also been watching a lot of big little lies. <laughs> well, and then a story came out this week on IndieWire in which it says that there was turmoil in the season two of Big Little Lies. Matt and Matt Steele was very proud of this because apparently. Andrea Arnold was the director, and she like was on set directing the show. And the first season director, whose name I can't remember but can find, um, 
he was unavailable because he was, I think, directing Sharp Objects at the time. And But they're like, okay, we still need to make this show. We'll just have Andrea Arnold do it. Jean-Marc Valet. Yes, yes, exactly. We love valets. And um, <laughs> he was unavailable. But the whole plan, while they were like, oh, no, Andrea, do whatever you want. Like, go shoot and make this your vision. It can be your only your thing. The whole plan the whole time was to have the valet come back in and be like, okay, we're re-editing this to feel exactly like season one. And so any point of view that you have, Andrea, like we're shuffling off. Was that the plan the whole time? I, th- I thought that like they just assumed Andrea would copy Jean-Marc Valet's style. And uh, then when she didn't, they were like, oh no, we need to fix this. My understanding, and again, I've breezed over this article because you know, <laughs> I'm not going all the way through an indie wire. But what my understanding is, no, they gave her like carte blanche. Like you can do whatever you want. This is your baby. This is what you're going to be doing with it and then the whole plan the whole time was like oh we'll just have valet oh i didn't know that was a plan the whole time i thought they were trying to uh like salvage it yeah salvage it no no i think the whole like fucked up idea was like let's just take this back from a woman and oh this changes a lot (laughs) it does and i mean i can understand tonally maybe it's a little different than last season it does feel like very choppy and maybe you know there's also someone pointed out in the comment section I've read about this was about how long the credits are and I guess like oh if they had to do all that re-editing the credits are the credits are so long it's like I don't have show. 30 that's, minutes that's my number one com- my complaints about the show are <laughs> if I had to complain about season one the credits are five hours the opening credits are five hours long and the music is so loud <laughs> like I have to constantly like change the volume because right. the musical start and yeah. like I I'm just like, oh, my God, my neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) It is bad. It is bad. And I mean, the end credits this season, like before the previews for the next episode are, I swear to you, like three and a half, four Maybe five minutes. Well, and it's like 12,000 editors. It's like, and that's what it is. I yeah. guess everyone had to go back and re edit it. It was like all hands on deck. And it's like, okay, if we pushed off Insecure, my iconic show, until 2020 because Issa Rae was unavailable, why could they not push this back a little bit and just have it debut, like season two debut a little bit later? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, because people would have watched it. Right. Like people waited three years for, I mean, Big Little Lies is not as big as Game of Thrones, but like no. people waited three years for Game of Thrones yeah. and that was uh, just. Oh. <laughs> I also hope you no, can hear the smile on Matt's no, okay, face. Okay, I don't want to shit on things that people like, mm-hmm. but like you have to admit, like it's so funny how how the last season of Game of Thrones <laughs> was such a disappointment. Like I don't know anything about Game of Thrones. If you love Game of Thrones, that's wonderful. I'm happy that you found something that you love. Yes, and thank but, you for listening. Yes, <laughs> but years down the line, you will all look back on it and laugh. Especially that last season. Because, like, you... I mean, those people were mad. They were so mad. And it's like, guys, calm down. I mean, you you need to calm down. I mean, yeah. Um, But, so... Big Little Lies, I, when I started season two, I was kind of just like, huh, something is awry here. Mm. Like, tonally, it feels different. Yeah. It, it, something just feels off about it. And it was kind of hard to explain why. Um, it was a lot campier. Right. Which it's just like, okay, they're leaning into what the gays want. Yes. Uh, which makes sense. Renata. Uh, oh, my God. Um, phenomenal. Laura Dern, phenomenal. Like, so just, amazing. They were just like, let's give Laura Dern a reason to scream. And it's like, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I... There was still something that wasn't quite right. It's like things were happening, but things weren't happening, and mm. it felt a little choppy. So I was kind of like, oh, this Do you is- feel like this had to do with the edit and re-edit, or did you feel like the writing? Or do you think it was probably a combination of Oh, everything? I'm sure it was a combination mm. of everything. A combination of like, oh, the book is done. Um, where do we go from here? Right. Is there a place to go from here? Which I'm not sure there was. Mm. Um, and also, you could tell when... The director and the producers have a discrepancy of yeah. what they want to happen. You can kind of tell. Like, yeah. there doesn't seem to be, like, a singular unified vision uh, for it. But, you know, 
I criticize just because I'm nitpicking, but like it's still enjoyable. Right. Like it's still fun to watch. Right. Um, and, I, the, and the performances are still phenomenal. The performances but are honestly, out of this world. Reese Witherspoon does not get enough credit for her performance in Big Little Lies. She's excellent. Her character's excellent. I relate to her 100%. She's amazing. I also love, because you talk about how much you love Reese on the show, and it's like, you know, she like cheated on her husband. Okay, besides that, <laughs> that's her only flaw. It's true. She's a very good friend, and she's a very active participant in all areas of her life. Yes. <laughs> Maybe she could dial it back a bit. No, she doesn't put up with bullshit. I love her. Okay. All yes. right. And I, her daughter, Queen. My... Her, her younger daughter. <laughs> her, older, her older daughter can... Mm. She... Was a no. title. Like, bitch, let's not talk about this in the middle of our house. Like, you ruined this thing between me and Adam Scott. Ah, uh, well. Oh, you don't care about that. I don't care about all. that plot. Why? I don't care. Because just leave him. <laughs> I don't care about him. Adam Scott's character on the show is just kind of mopey. Oh. Well, I, my thought is I am enjoying season two, I think, more than you are and more than most people. But I do feel after this last episode, it's like, okay, there are only two episodes left this season, I think. Yes. And what has something happened? Something has to happen. Like, I need something huge to happen. At the end of the season, or it's like, what have we been? It feels like it's just been so tense, and we've been leading up to something. And Meryl's been amazing and like creepy and weird, but like I need it to end with like a big bang moment, not big bang theory, if that was unclear, but like a, a big bang. Like I need, I need it to, I need a big payoff because I feel like there's been a lot of a slow burn, and if it, there's not a big payoff. I will be a bit disappointed. Yeah, because yeah. if there's a slow burn, we might as well be watching. What's that show that people were like, it's a slow burn, it's a slow burn, the gay show, Looking. Oh! <laughs> Remember when we watched it? We, we did not watch a single episode of Looking. Of course not, because we're not fucking boring. Ex- except for the season two premiere? or so, Season two three. Two or three. Did some, it have three we, fucking seasons? We were at a Golden Globes party, and then afterward, after the Golden Globes were over, they were like, let's watch an episode of Looking. And so we all watched an episode of Looking, and mm. we were just like, literally nothing's happening no. and then someone was like oh that was the season premiere and we were like oh my god um, and i was like can we watch housewives of atlanta please like my <laughs> god that something happens on that show but yeah i i am very interested in this scandal with the director i mean i see both sides of this mm. of this sort of battle because um I think it was just a horrible miscommunication between right. HBO and Andrea Arnold. Right. Um, because, I mean, if they told Andrea Arnold, do whatever you want, right. like, uh, she's going to do whatever right, she wants. Exactly. Because, I mean, I, I have not seen any of her movies, but I hear they're great. Right. Um, and it kind of makes me want to see her movies now. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to check out what's in American Honey. It's, Is that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. She made. Oh, I, um, I know Ava DuVarnay tweeted out her support. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so of course, Andrea Arnold's going to do what she wants to do. She's right. a visionary director. She's going to go nuts with it. But I do understand HBO's side where they're just like, the show has to be uniform. Like, we have to. Well, then why did you give her that direction to, like, go exactly. do what she wants? So, I feel like HBO is definitely in the wrong here. Yeah. If, if I had to vote, if I had to be a judge and slam down my gavel, it's just, it was bad communication i agree um and and i don't think that was fair to andrea arnold no um but you know i i get what they needed to do which is why also why tv frustrates me because there are so many cooks in that kitchen and you know i you're so lucky matt palmer that you make your music you're you do everything yourself and you can do whatever you want like lorna's for devos the movie i made i had to collaborate with so many people and it's just like <laughs> and that was only a couple of people like this was a very low budget movie you know it's yeah. it's collaborations hard it and i'm lucky i had a great time right you know for the most part yeah um like we everyone got along everyone kind of agreed but sometimes you don't and it's like oh god what do we do in that situation you're also so lucky that you collaborate with me and i'm so easy to collaborate with like, oh I yeah feel totally. like i'm like kind of like a guardian angel for you oh totally <laughs> wait hold say? on hold on my mic's cutting out <laughs> 
so so that's why TV is very hard for me. I don't know how directors direct for TV. It must be so frustrating because you literally can't do what you want to do, as we saw with Andrea Arnold, which is we're also going to see with I, The Lion King. Oh my God. <laughs> with we talk the- about that next. Okay, apparently <laughs> The Lion King sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, I realize all of these, like, Disney remake money grabby kind of movies, they're not me. I'm not the audience for it. I've seen none of them and planned to see this one because, obviously, Beyonce. Like, I was going to see her in this. But I really, looking at that cast list, I was really hopeful when they first put it out because it seemed like everyone was cast very well and these were great people who were actors and could sing and like this could be so fun but I remember do you remember me telling you when I first saw the footage of the movie I was like it looks so sepia everything looks everything everything is sepia everything is like a light brown like blondish hue and I'm just like wait the fun of the cartoon is all the colors like they were in the rainforest and there were greens everywhere and like I don't know it just looked so dead and like people are like doing because I guess they premiered like the full Hakuna Masada scene on Jimmy Kimmel or something or a big cut of it and they someone did a side by side of that yes. from the cartoon. I think like uh, an advertisement did a side by side of it. I think like the like, Oh, there's no way they did that. There, no, I, a person had because that makes it look horrible. I, when I looked at the Twitter account that did it, it seemed like a, a mark. A mar- it, but it was I, oh, I can't. I, I just can't. I can't live with that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't accept that because it makes it look horrible. Yes, it really does. What are the reviews even saying? Like, what is the consensus? Basically, that is just a watered down, less fun, less emotional, less mm. expressive version of The Lion King. Like, it's it's so... Okay. I'm not a Disney guy. Me neither. Uh, so, like, I have no stake in all of these Disney remakes. Like, right. I'm like, sure. If they're great, they're great. If they're not, I'm not. Have you seen any of them? Sleep over this. Oh, you saw Dumbo. I saw Dumbo and I saw Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I loved Dumbo. I know. Okay, I loved <laughs> Dumbo not because like I thought it was amazing, but because Dumbo was just so cute. And it's a kids movie. Like yeah. it's fun. And and I am not attached to the original Dumbo, and it was completely different from the original Dumbo. I was so, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I was not the biggest Beauty and the Beast mm, fan. Uh, I mean, Emma Watson, not a singer. No, I mean she was fine. She was fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I, for me, Beauty and the Beast was kind of just like this feels useless. Mm. Like, um, like how I sort of feel for all those <laughs> those remakes, <laughs> um, because at least like Dumbo did something different with it. The Jungle Book is not so beloved that right. I'm offended that we're making it. And also, the Jungle Book was so long ago. Right. You know, Beauty and the Beast was like what, at the time it came out, 25 years old. Yeah, um, and. They're just literally just remaking it. Like, and the thing with like Mulan, like Mulan, sure, it's the same story, but they're, that trailer looks cool. they're marketing it as a samurai movie as opposed to just like a remake of right. the Disney movie, which I appreciate. We're doing something different. Right. And I could tell, I could see being upset that some of the songs weren't in it. Like, there was no reflection and no, like, I'll make a man out of you. Which, by the way, if I hear another straight man sing, I'll make a man out of you at karaoke, like, I'm going to jump off a bridge. That's Please literally stop. my go to karaoke song. Okay. Well, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, but I did like that. If the argument is, oh, we don't need another shot-by-shot remake of something, we're going to do something different with it. And it's like, okay, I appreciate that. Of course. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, But apparently this is literally just The Lion King, another animated Lion King. Which is so upsetting because you look at the cast and you're like, oh my God, Beyonce, Billy Eichner, 
um, you know, Donald Glover, who some people seem to like. And uh, she would tell Edgy of Four, just like, I felt like the cast was so amazing that I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And like, all of these people seem so well fit for their roles. And, and it's such a brilliant story. Oh. And the, I mean, the original animated movies, just one of the, it's the best. It's, it's incredible. And um, there's so much heft to like, yeah, of course, like all these Disney movies during the Disney Renaissance were amazing. But with The Lion King, there's so much you know, wait there. Right. Because it's such a well-made movie yeah. and then became such an incredible uh, stage version. With it. This movie just makes me appreciate Julie Taymor <laughs> a thousand times more because what she did with The Lion King on stage is unbelievable. I wish she the director of the Broadway. Of the Broadway oh, uh, Lion King. I saw that tweet and I was like, I don't get it. Scroll. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like she gave us The Lion King but she did, she added so much more to it. She she gave us something so completely different for yeah. a different medium and there was so much the thing with Julie Taymor's Lion King on Broadway was there's so much detail in it. Like mm-hmm. everything it, it, there's such a nod to African culture and uh, and and with the costumes and the dancing, it's such a blend of Disney and Africa and puppetry and, and theater. It's so brilliant. And with this, it's kind of just like, oh, we just pulled up our opened up our computers and made some lions and just took so the movie. Sad. So it's like there could have been that much love put into it, that much detail put into it. And from what the reviews say, that was not the case. I mean, I'm still going to see it because Beyonce, but I think I am redirecting my excitement from the film to the Beyonce Lion King The Gift sure. soundtrack, <laughs> which is going to be amazing and feature Spirit, which uh, came out last week and uh, is growing on me. I think Beyonce's vocal performance on the new song for The Lion King is lovely but I am very interested to see what the concept album that she has like curated and you know created is going to be because I feel like if anyone knows that the devil's in the details it's Beyonce Beyonce Giselle Knowles you know what I mean there's also very unsubstantiated rumors that um, Mariah Carey is somehow a part of this and so I'm just going to be excited about that until I find out that it's not true (laughs) (laughs) is this going to be the next one you believe I mean it should be but apparently I was thinking about it it, I don't think any of the other songs from The Gift are in the film so so they probably can't be nominated for. I'm disappointed uh, because I love the song Shadowland, and I thought that that would be Nala's song in the movie. Um, that's oh, the song that that's in the Broadway show that Elton John prefer- wrote. Um, I think Elton John actually, if I remember correctly, I feel like Elton John wrote it for the movie originally, and then, oh. it was, and then they didn't use it, and so they put it in the Broadway show, and it's a beautiful song. Yeah. So um, I'm disappointed that. Beyonce's not singing that song. Why pre- can't she sing both? Do you prefer it to Spirit? Mm, yes. Yes. But, <laughs> but but why can't she sing both? Why can't it just be? Why can't it be called the Lion Queen and it's Nala's story? Honestly, I would have taken that. They really should have done that. Honestly, because okay, the marketing for the movie. Okay, I feel like people were more excited for the movie six months ago, and people were saying this could be one of the most successful films of all time right. because it's Disney remake with this incredible cast. It's going to be this big artistic achievement because the original cartoon was this huge artistic achievement. It had everything going for it. And now it seems like the marketing is literally just Beyonce's amazing. Don't we love Beyonce? <laughs> and it's like, of course, yes, that's that is marketing because everyone loves Beyonce or they should. But that's marketing for everything. That's literally marketing for two right. gay mats. Hey. We, lo- we love Beyonce. Watch our videos. It's true. <laughs> so I you mean... need more than just we love Beyonce. And also... I think it was a. I told this to Matt Palmer yesterday. I feel like it was a huge mistake to put out Dumbo and Aladdin right before The Lion King. I feel mm. like if because I feel like now people are a little burnt out and they're not as excited for this right. remake. Mostly if, Aladdin. No one really talked about Dumbo. No, 
Well, yeah, because, well, Dumbo was a different age bracket, yeah. which is why I also forgave it for its flaws. <laughs> because it's just like, this is for very little kids. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I feel like if Lion King was the only major Disney movie event that came out this year, more people would be excited to see right. it. And of course, it's going to be number one. It's going to make a buttload of money. But I feel like it could have been so much bigger than it seems like it will end up being. I mean, we'll have to see because I also feel like a lot of people, like the, when the press saw Aladdin, I think it has a similar Rotten Tomatoes score. But then I saw people who saw Aladdin were like, it was actually pretty fun. Like, I didn't hate it. Will Smith did a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, So maybe this will be that. But I do, every time I see clips of those that beige background and those beige lines and that beige everything, I'm like, and the, the Hakuna Matata, like that side. Did you watch that side by side? Uh, yeah. Oh God, they're doing yeah. so much in the cartoon, and they're I doing know. nothing and in the like other different. cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and their faces, like they're just not. No, it's, it's not. Not it's working. Not the same. Yeah. So we wish for the best, but luckily we have the Lion King, the spirit, or no, the gift. Excuse me, to look forward to. So even if the film isn't as good as it could be. Beyonce. I'm sure it's still good. fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm you sure know. I will like it fine. Um, but I wanted to love it. I have AMC Movie Pass, so I um, uh, won't be paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a lot of movies, so this can be the one movie I've seen. And well, I guess I saw Toy Story four as well. So I've been oh, giving Disney did? a lot of my money. Yeah, how yeah. was it? Fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't see it. I, so. I was much. I was not. I. You know me. It. It. Uh, I mean. I guess it kind of takes a lot to get me to cry in general, but you've seen me cry in movies before. Yes. I was there for, uh, what's it? Fruitvale Station. For Fruitvale Station. I was there for that. Mm. That was a rough day. I'm, that was a very tough movie. It was great. Uh, but I also teared up and got choked up in Toy Story 3 because at that point they had to accept death when they were like, going <laughs> to the incinerator and they were all like, okay, let's hold hands. We're going. And, was, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I felt like this wasn't bad, Toy Story 4, but it just uh, it didn't. I, there was no big emotional moment or no big emotional payoff. I remember there were moments during the movie where I was like, is this over? I mean, I feel like there are, we're getting at that point now where we're just getting so remake heavy yes. and so franchise heavy right. that it's going to implode. Right. And it's like, I you thought know. this was just a trilogy. This could have just been, and, then, if, and again, it made a bunch of money. It did well, but it could have just ended with three. Yeah. Opinion, it, it's sort of any sort of big conglomerate, anything implodes in us. Like at one day, Netflix will implode. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, so, Matt Steele. Yes. Have you made peace with the fact that Lil Nas X is going to beat Mariah Carey's record? Sure. Yes. I'm more concerned. Have you made peace with the fact? I really have. And okay. I would you have seem been, like you have. You seem like in good spirits. I would have been much more upset if he were not an out gay man right now. <laughs> I would be <laughs> much, much more upset and like flying off the handle. But if this like black gay child is going to have a Billboard record with his debut single going diamond, like. How mad can I be? Of you know course. what I mean? Like, good for him. You better work, bitch. And um, especially now that he has tweeted out, okay, Mariah Carey, let's get this remix in. Mm-hmm. And then Mariah Carey, of course, tweeted back a picture of herself in a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One sweet town road. <laughs> and then he responded, let's go with a lamb emoji, some heart emojis, and some crying emojis. And... This probably won't really happen, <laughs> of course, because, I mean, we can't keep remixing Old Town Road. Like, I think another remix of it just came out last, uh, came out on Friday with that um, that viral country child, that Mason Ramsey, who, like, was, like, the Walmart kid who, like, sang Yodelay Hoo Hoo songs. Yes, yes, okay. So he's on the remix, and I will say his verse is kind of amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it features the line, um, if you ain't got no giddy up, then giddy out my way, and I'm like, 
like that. That's cute. That's <laughs> like really that. cute. Yeah. So any, but it's like I think we have to at some point retire Old Town Road. But if this is opening the door for some sort of Lil Nas X Mariah Carey collaboration, I'm here for it. I think Mariah loves the gays, and the gays love Mariah. And even though he was a Nicki Minaj stan, you know, we all have done embarrassing things in our past, okay. and he can grow and change and be better and become a lamb. And so I'm rooting for you, Lil Nas X. You and Mariah can make something amazing. What do you think they're gonna? What do you think it'll be like? I mean, I ho- maybe Mariah jumps on a remix of Rodeo, which is his song with Cardi B, and then on her. Ne- which I did like nice. Rodeo. Yeah, I, Rodeo's, Rodeo's good. Yeah, and then um, for Mariah's next album, he can be a feature, and then everyone gets you know gets a check marks and a gold star on their cap. Everyone gets a number one. Yes, everyone gets a number one. And we want everyone to have a number one. Speaking of, I know it's only July, but this Christmas we're making All I Want for Christmas is You number one. I will mention this as much as I can. Stream it every day as soon as December starts. 25th anniversary, people. Yes. We're not joking around. We are not. This is all we have to do this year. Um, Also, things that happened this week. Mm, I'm looking at the... I'm... You guys can't see it, but the, he's literally and, scrolling up his iPad okay. and seeing the pictures, and it's Look, real rough. I am not a person who is like, Sean Mendez is gay, and I will die on this hill. Like, no. Like, if the, I don't know what that boy's orientation is. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know him personally. I know that he is beautiful and uh, sings songs that young people seem to enjoy. Um <laughs> Wow. That was nice. That was me being nice. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, This, I have, I don't think in my life have I seen a PR relationship as transparent as Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello coming out as a couple and confirming their coupledom as soon as they have a new duet together. And these pictures of them coming out of the gym, I swear they're coming out of the gym every day wearing the exact same outfits every single day, but like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Sorry, we're scrolling through pictures. We're scrolling through pictures. This is where we have to learn how to be better at the podcast I mean, medium. Oh, <laughs> I can send you a. I, we can put a link in the description or something. I just wonder. I just it's it's like I don't know if anybody who's listening to this is old enough to remember when Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt were a thing in like 2007, and they would stage paparazzi photo shoots of essentially them pretending to break up or getting in fights at a pumpkin patch and like the dumbest shit you've ever seen. But it was paparazzi time. They'd call the paparazzi. They'd come. They'd get so much press from it. These pictures rival those, and they're like stagedness. It's like. You do not love her. <laughs> like, whether you are gay or not, I don't know that. I don't know you personally. I'm sure you have loved before. You, in these pictures, there is not a real smile to be seen. <laughs> there is not a twinkle in the eye. These are two people who are colleagues. Their makeup is perfectly done <laughs> for just having come out of the gym. They are ready for these paparazzi yes. pictures. Yes. It's they look so happy. To, it doesn't look like they're having a real conversation. No, they're just smiling at each other while he like looks at his phone while she's turned around and hugging him. And it's like they don't even physically match up. Like it just doesn't look like these are who either of you would be with. It's just like I don't know. It's just so staged and PR. And it's like, are we not a little beyond that? Like I feel like we should. It's 2019. Yes, like as, we should really like if Lil Nas X. Can come out and like. Look, I am not going to sit here and say Sean Mendez is gay and he should come out. But like, we shouldn't be at the point where we are faking relationships yes, for promotional purposes. I agree. Like Sean Mendez, like be a bachelor, like be that hot single guy, right? Gay, straight, whatever you are. I who's to say? Yes, but. I don't think we need this couple no. to happen. The having a song with her. Is enough. Like she's one of the biggest pop stars. Yes. You're one of the biggest pop stars. You have a duet. It should be successful. Yes. That's, that's 
It wasn't that's, successful enough to beat Lil Nas X, which by like, come on, guys. But no one is successful enough to beat Lil Nas X. It's true. So it, if that's the case, don't fake a relationship. Get a better song. I just really think as a consumer, as a, a, a total consumer base of the world, we're all smarter than this now. Like, it's not 1998 anymore. We're not just going to be believing two people who, like, randomly have a song together, like, also fell in love. It's like, well, this is your second song together, by the way. And you've known each other for years, like, and you just, and Camila Cabello just broke up with her long-term boyfriend, like, two weeks ago or something. And it's like, and now you're in this serious relationship with Sean Mendez. I don't buy it. He also did this with Haley Baldwin, uh, like two weeks before she married Bieber. They were like, "Are they? Are they not m- dating?" And like, I think he brought Sean Mendez brought her to the Met Gala that year or something. And then she was suddenly married to Justin Bieber, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm really happy for them." And I it's like, had no idea Justin Bieber was married to oh. anyone. <laughs> Yes. Someone gave that boy a marriage license? Yes, he is married to Haley Baldwin. Oh, who, well, I don't know who that is. One of like, the Baldwin brothers' daughters. Oh, yes. cool. Yes. Good for them. He's like a model or something. Good good for all of them. Yes, I hope they love. are happy. Um, but I had no idea that happened. Yeah, it happened. Well, when did that happen? It happened years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just, I mean, Sean, don't do this. Like, you're just, I feel like we all... We, like we like, have more pride than this. We know what's happening. We know what you're doing, and I don't think it's necessary. You're a talented guy. People seem to like you. You're very, 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 very handsome. It'll be okay. Yeah, he's got the talent to back it up. Mm. Speaking of celebrity couples, apparently Jessica Simpson's new memoir <laughs> will detail marriage to Nick Lachey. I'm ready for that. I just honestly pulled this up because I really wanted to read um, the description of the book. From her popular television show, Newlyweds, to a very public divorce, starring on the big screen. Mm-mm. What? Wait, wait, my favorite. And topping the Billboard charts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she had some relative hits. I mean, I don't know if topping the bubbling under Hot 100 chart is counts as topping a chart. How high has she peaked? I would imagine 12. Really? Yeah. I would no. imagine she's had a top no. 10 hit. No, I don't think so. What, what song do you think is her? Okay, we're going to look up. I, look this you up. talk about this your important. history with Jessica. I'm going to look up I Want to Love You Forever. I, I really I don't have much history with Jessica, <laughs> but like, I will talk about Jessica Simpson just because Please. she's great. Good for her. She. I'm happy that she's a business maven and is... Um, and has stuff that people want to buy. Yes! And I, I mean, her edible... Um, whatever it is <laughs> edible hair gel like what is it Wait, edible? is that a real thing it's like edible makeup she she sells Ew, like i don't want that it's like some edible foam from what i left i remember she also said that she brushes her teeth like once a week or something years ago did she really say that she said that back in like 2012 that's like, this was revolting jessica she said because she doesn't like the feeling of brushing her teeth so she does it like once a week but i feel like that might have been a publicity stunt um because her teeth look fine. <laughs> so I feel like if you brush your teeth once or twice a week, your teeth should look bad. Um, okay, we're getting to chart. All right, all right. Chart to her. I want to love you forever. Did peak at number three. I knew she had a, three. Is higher than I expected. Yeah, but, three. Uh, but I think I'm in love with you. Peaked at twenty one. Oh really? Yes. That deserved a little. Let's more. see what with you peaked at because I think that was like a comeback. Oh, I hit do for her. like with you. You do like. I with do you. like with you. With you was, my brother loves with you. I know that which about is random. Yeah. yeah, Michael Steele. And I'm like, I don't see of all the pop songs you could love. 
Yeah. Why with you? Where she's doing like a Britney Spears impression. <laughs> the song is cute. It's not bad, but it's like Jessica Hot 114. So 14? Okay. I think I Want to Love You Forever was the only top 10. Maybe I'm wrong in that. If you want to correct me, send us the With email. you should have peaked higher than I Want to Love You Forever. But yes. that's only my opinion. I Want to Love You Forever tricked us all into thinking she was a good singer, which she's not. She just, oh, you watch some of those old videos of Jessica Simpson performing live and you're just like, how was I fooled? If I was you, so blind. If you not, if you have anything to look up today, look up her duet with Jewel. Oh my God. It's, it's. <laughs> It's the greatest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> I've never laughed harder than watching her perform uh, Who Will Save Your Soul with Jewel. I think it might have been her, on her on variety, her variety show. show. Yes. She's doing it's a great. Jewel impression. It's truly She's doing the a Jewel impression thing. with Jewel, and Jewel is... She's laughing. She's actively laughing. It just seems like Jewel is duetting with like a nine-year-old girl, and right. a nine-year-old girl's like, I can sing songs just like you. And she's like, like doing this harsh Saturday Night Live Jewel like too too broad for Saturday Night uh, yes. Live like Jewel impression it, yes. and like trying to take it so seriously which is kind of just like is Jessica Simpson in on the joke that's no. always what I want to know no because she's great at it <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe like she on has. Newlyweds like was that all that I think stage? she can lean into it yes I think after like the chicken of the sea fish thing she leaned into it yes because she knew oh this is what people want to watch but I think it comes from a very real place like the the core of herself doesn't get it but then she sees people responding to it it's like oh I'll give them more of that yeah but she doesn't she didn't get why that first thing was that funny but you know good for her good for her hey it's made her a lot of money made her very rich I am very rich bitch okay we will buy this book (laughs) I mean I'll mm, I'll read a review of the book okay (laughs) um the last thing there's not even much to even say about this but R. Kelly got arrested on federal sex trafficking charges. Oh, no. Well. Oh, my God. That's so surprising. We didn't know that he did this kind of thing. Whoa. What are we going to do? Lock him up. (laughs) Throw away the key. Swallow it. And also, just by the way, to those people who are still commenting on our Leaving Neverland review on YouTube, go fuck yourself. I am the biggest Michael Jackson fan, or I was, in the world. And the fact that I could watch that and make the decision to distance myself from him and his work I think is a choice that I made for myself personally and if you disagree that's fine if you want to keep listening to him and keep enjoying him that's fine but like to look at those people's faces and say they're lying this whole documentary was a crock of shit and your idiots are believing this and just looking at victims and telling them that they are not victims you are so insanely fucked up for that and I just, I just think you're all sick and demented, and I realize that you're all stands. I'm a stand myself, but you've got to let it go. Sometimes people have to let go of their idols because they're child molesters, and I had to do that. So goodbye to you, to quote Michelle Branch. But hello to everyone else watching. <laughs> yes, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, um, let's take a little break. And then we'll be back with uh, our final segment. We might need more segments. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back soon. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We don't have any ads yet, so that break was a nothing break for you as well. Yeah. Are you going to put, like, little Matt Palmer music in there? Oh, maybe, I will. maybe I'll just, like, promote myself. Just shamelessly promote yourself. Done. Absolutely. Get lost. Available now. <laughs> um, so, our final segment for today is entitled, Giving the Moments, Darling. <laughs> in which both Matt Steele and I will explain what our favorite moments of the week were, or just some, some moments that we want to bring to light and share with you things that make us excited, things that make us feel good. And so, Matt Steele, please, our inaugural Giving You Moments, Darling starts with you. Okay, well, my moment has actually been a moment that I've been going through for the past two weeks about. As many of you may know, I just got back from Europe. I saw the Spice Girls in concert. I talked about the Spice Girls, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just gave a, a shady who into the microphone in case you couldn't hear. Um, I talked about the Spice Girls concert a little bit on Two Game Mats. It was the greatest night in the entire world. But I did not get to talk about my experience for the first time seeing Matilda the Musical on the West End. Wow. So, okay, Matilda, I desperately wanted to see Matilda when it was on Broadway. But, of course, I live in L.A. I wasn't able to see it. It eventually closed on Broadway. I was like, oh, man, I should have seen this. I didn't listen to the cast recording at all. Wow. Because I was like, I want to experience this the the visuals as well because I feel like it's a show where you really have to experience the visuals mm. w- w- instead of just listening to the cast recording um, and I was correct um, and so I oh, I thought oh wow I'm literally just never going to experience this because there was something about everything I've seen of the show that really spoke to me really really moved me and I was just like I can tell I'm going to love this everything about this is stunning um, and perfect and so but I finally got a chance to go to London and see the show on the West End. And how'd you feel? And it was everything I wanted it to be. So the past two weeks, I would say, I've really been in a Matilda moment. (laughs) Um, And it's basically all I've been listening to, at like all I've been listening to, period. It's just, it's yeah, are there any new favorites jumping out at you? Are did, were your initial favorites oh, still the best? Uh, uh, I mean, the initial favorites are still wonderful. I mean, we'll talk about. We'll do a Patreon on this. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, maybe we should do it this week because I don't want to listen to like a bad old musical. Like we're gonna listen to a great old musical. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, there are other songs that I had not heard before, and. S- Seeing it with the staging and the London show, there's a song called The School Song, which is one of the best staged numbers I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, there's also uh, a song called uh, Quiet, which is makes me break down into tears every time I listen to it. <laughs> okay. um, and so it's just I've really been living in a uh, Road Doll, Tim Burton-esque musical theater fantasy for the past week. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been my moment. Either lovely or terrifying. It's both. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think I would like Matilda? Um, I think you would understand and appreciate how artistically and aesthetically sound it is. Okay. I don't know if it would be your cup of tea. It is a little aggressive in terms of its tone. Mm. Um, and and it has, like children And there shouting. are lots of children screaming and right. shrieking. That's and tough it's for great. me. It's tough for Matt Palmer, but he's going to pull through it. Um, <laughs> and it, I, it, I just think it's such an artistic achievement. And if you don't know it, check it out. All right. Matilda, available now. On available now. I prefer the Broadway cast recording, actually, to the London cast recording. So, mm. But, you know, they're both great. But All the Broadway right. has more. There is more of a deluxe album. Mm, we love a deluxe. Oh. Now time for the deluxe. Um, my moment of the week, I have a couple. Uh, my first is, I feel like Mariah is going to show up in a lot of my moments. but Of course. Mariah has just... to show up in a segment called Giving You Moments Done. Exactly. How could she not? So Mariah being on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine, wearing a t-shirt of herself, wearing her own merch, <laughs> and having nothing to promote. <laughs> She's not talking about anything in the article. She's just like... Yeah, like, ask me some questions about my life and about, like, that earpiece thing that happened at New Year's. My life's been crazy. But, like, these young singers today don't write as much. No offense. They're kind of naked. No offense. And, like, here's this video of me, like, doing my makeup artist makeup. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) what? This got you a cover, bitch? But, like, honestly, she looks amazing. She sounds amazing. The interview is so much fun. And it's, like, not to get too deep here, but if... Anyone was a lamb during the Stella years and like seeing what Mariah was going through there and how she would appear in interviews and like she just was really on 
a different place. She was in a different place that was much darker and much less focused and much less um, balanced, let's say. And to see how far she's come since coming out with her diagnosis and ridding herself from the snakes in the grass when you got to cut the lawn. Um, (laughs) It's really just exciting to see her so happy and content and like stable and like confident in herself again. It's just like, yes, like you don't have to be trying to compete with these Ariana Grandes of the world because like, bitch, you're Mariah Carey. Like, I just feel like... There's no competing. Like, it's like, oh, Lil Nas X is going to beat my record. Well, good for him, I guess, but like, I'm still Mariah Carey. And maybe I'll just like make a viral tweet about it. And it's like, yes. And I just... I feel like she's really leaning into her legendary status lately mm-hmm. and she's I, having more fun with it. Yes. Like that bottle cap video. Oh my god. So adorable. Truly amazing. Like just she's how would is she the funniest person on Twitter? It's yeah. just like an icon. So I just have to say that brought me a lot of life this week. And also, just to go back to the uh people fighting on reality TV moment we mentioned earlier. If you're not watching The Real Housewives of Potomac, you are missing out <laughs> on a brilliant, brilliant piece of television at the moment. Like I cannot tell you, like, there are villains, there is a gay allegation where it's usually when there's house husbands that are accused of being gay, the husbands aren't really involved, there's no real proof. This man <laughs> is essentially has to stop filming because one of the camera guys accuses him of grabbing his ass and assaulting him. One of the guys, you know, doing the camera for the show. So there's a lot more meat to this story and the way they interact with each other. Can't, and the thing is, Ashley, her his husband, or his wife, uh, is pretty much insufferable every other season. But this season... She's out insufferable by this woman named Candace, who is truly one of the most villainous persons I, people I've ever seen on reality television. There's fights that they're screaming across the table at each other. A butter knife is thrown. Like it's truly excellent television, and um, I am so invested and engaged. I feel like the Real Housewives of New York gets a lot of heat and a lot of um, people love it on Twitter and discuss how it needs an Emmy. It needs an Emmy. I would argue that Real Housewives of Potomac is the best Housewives franchise on right now. Wow. And um, fight me about it. Wow. So. <laughs> See, that's what I'm missing from Big Brother is just a ridiculous, stupid fight. Oh, my God. Like, I just need a fight. Let's go. That's and there was a fight yesterday on the feeds. But uh, so Do you think they're going to show it? Of course, yeah. Okay. Ho- hopefully the next couple episodes will be more exciting so but I'm, I'm happy for you and your oh, reality thank shows you. that you're getting what you deserve I, I really am and the thing about Potomac it's so amazing because usually there's like one person who's like the queen of the housewives but of the of the city uh, but here there are two queens who will never get along Giselle and Karen Huger and Giselle is literally the shadiest person in the world she's stunningly beautiful and she just is pot stirring every which way this season Karen Huger is uh, kind of Maybe a pathological liar <laughs> and Good. like lying about everything she has and Great. owns and ma- doesn't own, but she's also so insanely funny. Like, she, I don't know, she refers to herself as the Grand Dame of Potomac, which I enjoy. And she's just so delusional, but in a, in a more fun way than like Sonia is delusional, you know? I don't know. I just, you just got to get into it. Even if you jump in this season, it will give you, it will give you moments because it's giving you moments, darling. I must say. Oh, my God. We did it. Our first podcast. We did. Wow. That wasn't horrible. No. Why did you think it was going to be horrible? No. Because, I mean, we're so talented. We're so talented. But, like, you know. I think we need more segments. I don't know. (laughs) I just feel like, okay, email us at twogaymats at gmail.com, two spelled out T-W-O, gaymats at gmail.com. If you have segment ideas, if you have questions, concerns, if you need us, if you have advice, maybe we could give some advice on this. I don't even know. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. We could be like Dr. Laura, Dr. Oh, my God. We're so wise. We're so wise. Yeah. fucking wise. we tried doing an advice thing years ago like someone asked us a question like, oh yeah I, I think we advice. had and we were like uh, we, ah! we don't know how to do this 
But we're older now. We are women now. We are, we're, <laughs> I am a woman we're now. A woman now. And I feel like we'd be better about it today. So if anyone has anything to, to message us, tell us how you feel. I guess if I've put this on iTunes by the time you're hearing it, um, rate and subscribe or whatever they say yeah, on podcasts. Yeah, see, Matt Palmer's the podcaster. Like, I Matt, know. Matt Palmer's the one who listens and knows what podcasts do and are and how to do them. Yes. And so like I have no, I have no stake in this. If things <laughs> flop, it's Matt Palmer's fault. Wow. So, so yeah, subscribe. Subscribe. Is that how people do yes, you can subscribe to a podcast, subscribe to us, and give us a five-star review yes. in the Apple Store. Apparently, that's helpful for podcasts, and maybe it'll be helpful for us. Yes, so. and if you somehow stumbled upon our podcast, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, of course. <laughs> YouTube.com slash 2 mats written out, T-W-O. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Palmer Music. And Matt, it's Matt Steele. And uh, our Patreon. Patreon. Oh, my God. We have so many things. Patreon.com slash 2 mats. You'll get... Um, I th- I'm thinking I'm going to give these podcast uh, episodes out early to the Patreon people. Oh, my God. Right? Um, so, yeah. Just follow us everywhere. Subscribe to us. We'll help talk more. Hopefully, we'll be back next week with another uh, podcast. And... Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, guys. We love you. This was so much fun. We'll TTY soon. Bye. Bye.